Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and today we're talking about Soul. Yeah, we were gonna do some books and stuff, and then we were like, well, Soul just came out, and we've never done an episode where something has just come out. So... Yeah, we've never done new we're content do before. that. Also, we haven't finished reading the books. <laughs> No. Because we're slackers. Hey, you gave me a long book. I gave you a short one. I started it yesterday. I'm 50 pages in. How are you not done? It's like 50 pages long. I got tired. You can't see me eye rolling. I have no excuse for that. That's just. Speaking of not being able to see things. We tried doing video for a few episodes and decided, that's a terrible idea. We're not going to do that because our main concern is, you know, voices and having that not mess up. So we'll still be on YouTube doing the thing, but you won't be able to see my faces. I will just step-by-step instruct you on every single thing that's happening, especially all of my character outfits. Yeah, the video just turned out to be way more annoying to edit, given the equipment and the time that I have. My computer cannot handle video editing, and it was just, I was taking like four or five hours every week to edit, and it was just not sustainable for when school starts back up. We don't have webcams to begin with. I have a purple wall. I don't, that's a hot mess. In the future, when we have more money and more time, <laughs> and we could hire someone to edit for us. I'm from heaven. Anyway, so Soul. <laughs> this movie came out December 25th, 2020. I have PTSD just hearing that number. It's the newest thing that we've ever done in our podcast. Yeah, it's only January 8th. I had to check the day. <laughs> I was yeah. checking it as you were saying. <laughs> so we don't have a lot of history with this because it's only been out for like we three have a weeks lot of or something. With Pixar, because that's been our entire lives. I mean, if you want to say that, I didn't watch a lot of Pixar stuff growing well, up. Well, there's not a whole lot to begin with. I just mean it's been out our whole lives. Like, yeah. But there are a lot of Pixar movies that I haven't seen. Gotta watch The Good Dinosaur, man. What are you doing? Yeah, I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen Finding Dory. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. I need to. I don't remember seeing Ratatouille. (laughs) But did I still watch the Ratatouille? Yes. Did I cry? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I've seen basically all of the... Pixar movies that have been out in the last, like, five years. Besides Finding Dory. Besides Finding Dory. I just don't care about that one. That's rude, but okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So, what did you think of this movie? Um, so, me and my mom watched it the day it came out, because she was very adamant about wanting to watch it that day. Um, we were actually quarantined, so we had nothing better to do, uh, and, um, 
know. Like, the the very beginning, when it started out with the, like, the middle school band playing When You Wish Upon a Star, I really liked that. And I know you said that was, like, your least favorite thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to preface this. I was on, I was in Tennessee on vacation when, on Christmas when this came out. So I didn't watch it until like a full week later when I came back. So it was like January yeah. 2nd or 3rd. I don't remember when I ended up actually watching it. And so I'm like in my bed listening to it. And then I just hear this bad orchestra coming through my headphones. And I was like, I'm going to die. Like, this is awful. Like, I did band for seven years. I didn't go to college level, but I thought we were pretty good and we had really high standards. So, like, I know what good orchestra music sounds like, and I have very low tolerance for bad orchestra. <laughs> How to tune instruments make me want to stab my eyes out. So, <laughs> it just starts with bad orchestra, and I'm ready to throw down <laughs> because it didn't it was just through the title screen and everything yeah how ironic is it that me the music major liked it <laughs> you the engineerist <laughs> engineers <laughs> to be fair you did choir in college in high school and that college doesn't mean i don't know anything about music or band but you also didn't have to suffer through four years of the Hulks. Um, they changed my brain. Fair. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I liked where it was coming from. And... No, like, it didn't last very long. Yeah, I didn't hate the like, whole uh, segment. I was just like, it. bad okay. orchestra music must. Yeah, I... <laughs> Must reset. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the sound when the orchestra's tuning before anything starts, that's my favorite sound in the world. Oh, you're shaking your head. No. <laughs> that's my favorite sound in the whole world. Because, you know, after that sound starts, magic's gonna happen. After that sound, a concert F. <laughs> and then magic. <laughs> no! Like... Oh my gosh, when they're tuning before Newsies, like, no, magic happens. Yeah. I just, like, that, I can imagine that. Tuning, the stage is there, like, that's nice. But I also have vivid memories of sitting there where the band director goes, now, just warm up a little, and then we all play a concert F, and then we suffer through 25 minutes of UIL band music. And then we get up and we go sight read. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't. There's a lot of pain involved with that. <laughs> deal with all your childhood trauma right now. <laughs> I don't. I liked it. You hated it. We're just gonna have to. <laughs> we can't get past the first five seconds of this movie. I was like, we just spent a lot of time on the first 30 seconds of this I'm movie. I'm very passionate about that specific part. Anyway, the first, I don't know, however long until he falls in the manhole cover. It's cupboard. not that long. It 
felt longer when I watched it the first time because you know it's coming. The second time, I was like, oh, that it was only like 10 minutes at best. Yeah, so like the cold open, I thought the movie was going to go in a completely different direction than it ended up going. Yes. I wrote it down, and like at this point, I had some context. Like Jade had seen it, and then the Discord that we're on had like talked about it a lot. And I had been, like, and you went through the spoiler bar even though you weren't supposed to. I only did it for like yours and like one other person's. So it wasn't like I was super aware of it, but I had like bits and pieces of information up. Like I had no idea how it was gonna end up playing out and the details of it, but I could tell that there was a direction that the movie was going in that people were disappointed. Yeah. Jade especially. Don't at me like that, dude. We just talked, like, for three hours about the music about this thing, and you wanted it to go in a direction that wasn't about music. No, I okay. did want it to go in a direction that was about music. Oh, well, good. I literally just didn't like the bad orchestra. Carrie. I thought this movie was going to be about Joe discovering that teaching is his true passion. Ugh, wouldn't... And that he needs to be there for the wouldn't kids. that have been a great movie? Pixar. That's where I thought it was going to go, and that is not where I ended up going. You know what? New Disney princess. Loves music, wants to teach for a living. That's it. Stays human the whole time. Let's leave it at that. She has short brown hair, bangs, it's curly, may or may not be named Jane. Talk to woodland creatures sometimes. You don't know. You don't know. Her prince is the uh, rival band director from the other school. Oh my gosh. Oh. Can either Disney, Pixar, or Hallmark come contact us? <laughs> do that? <laughs> oh. oh, that'd be so cute. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, chills. So good. It seems like <laughs> the way that the movie ended up going, the kids were completely useless. Dude, they did not matter at all. Like, they could have taken out the entire teaching part, and that wouldn't have changed it at all. Right. Like, it, you could be about a guy who's in between jobs, who's just doing gigs for a living, who, like, falls into a manhole, dies, rediscovers himself, and then at the end realizes that maybe... Performing isn't his passion, but now we need to go find something else. Yeah, but instead... The way that the ending works would work better if we didn't have unanswered questions about his job. gosh, yeah, there are two... Like, I love having unanswered questions at the end of things. I know you don't, buddy. That's why we had a whole thing about epilogues the other day. I, I enjoy having those unanswered questions, but there were... It depends right. on the end. And there questions. were too many. Like, when you have no idea what's going on and you're just like, oh, he's just gonna live his life now. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, he. they, like, introduce. So the movie starts, he's teaching, and then the principal or whoever comes up and is like, congratulations, we're promoting you from part-time to full-time. And Joe, like, panics because he doesn't want to do teaching middle school band full-time. He wants to perform and be a famous jazz player. So they, like, introduce that topic of, like, oh, is he going to decide to go full-time or not? And then never talk about it again, which was annoying. 
And then he goes... I just felt like the kids were a reason for him, like, it was something for him to not like. I want to, I don't want to say hate, like, but it gave him like, oh, this is, this is the thing I'm stuck with is, oh, I'm having to teach these kids who don't even care. Like there's one that cares. Okay. But the rest of them, like, did you hear how they played when you wish upon a star? Like, uh, you know. Right. And I feel like they could have made more out of Connie, the little trombone player. Frick yeah. I just, I wrote down this whole long rant after I watched it and I like got teary while I was watching, like writing it because I feel like the point of this movie should have been that you can find purpose in everyday tasks. Right. Like you can find purpose in the mundane or you can find, you can inspire people in everyday things. Yeah. So I think it should have been more about the inspiration idea of it. And even like the Jerry at the very end of the movie was like, we're in the business of inspiration and you inspired mm-hmm. that us. And so I wish it had been about how Joe is a teacher and he's inspiring these kids. And like, as a person who grew up in low income schools and like did band for seven years in a low income school, like I understand. I got to a point like I experience firsthand the power of music in children's lives and like I think in high school music is not the only thing that does it like I think athletics do the same concept where it gives kids a reason to go to school it gives kids a reason to do well and so it's like oh I also wrote down JROTC just like things that build discipline in students lives is just like you go to school because you want to play music, but in order to play the music, you have to pass your classes and you have to behave and you have to do all of these things so that you can do the thing that you and want nine to. nine times out of ten, it's not the music, it's the community. It right. Like, the music doesn't even matter. The different drills you have to do in JROTC, that doesn't matter. Like, none of that matters. It's those little moments that you can't replace. Right, and it's just, like, the fact that we still think about high school marching band four years after we graduated, and, like, we will think about it for the rest of our lives, and, like, waking up at 6 a.m. every single day to get to school, that, like, I have vivid memories of, like, walking into the band hall at 7 a.m. to warm up so that we could start band practice in exactly 7, 10, 20 minutes before school started so we get an extra long class. Yeah, I mean... I have the same. It's, I would walk into the band hall at 6.30. I didn't play an instrument and I would just hang out with all of my friends and do homework because school didn't start for another hour. And so I would just. Yeah. And all of your friends had to be in there at band at 7.10. Talk about band. We'd hang out. It'd be a bunch of nonsense going on. Like it's that community i didn't play an instrument the directors didn't care they didn't kick me out they loved having me there it's just i have really there's this one thing that i remembered is i don't know if you remember this there was one day that we had a thursday football game and we all got back to the band hall and the thursday football game was like an hour and a half away yeah i knew exactly what you were talking about 
Yeah, we all got back to the band hall. It was like midnight on a Thursday night. We have also school tomorrow. And the band directors like looked at all of us and says, you will all be at school tomorrow. Band kids do not skip out on school. So if he's like, if you, not, if you guys are not in school tomorrow, you will get a lower grade in band. Or something like there that. There were a handful that didn't show up the next day. And we knew exactly who they were because you knew they were the missing faces. Everyone else was there. So it was glaringly obvious who was missing. And so it was just this idea of like, yeah, we did band and we did this thing that we want. But we also like school is important. And it was in the band director's job to ensure that all of his students were doing well in school. And so there's just that level of influence over people's lives, especially lost kids' lives, is so powerful. And I would have loved to see a movie about that. And they didn't give us that movie. The movie they gave us was a little bit of a mess. Yeah, it went in a lot of different directions. And then the direction they chose wasn't the one we were wanting. And I mean... They can do that, and sometimes it works out anyways. You're like, oh, I was expecting this, but this actually turned out really good, and that didn't happen this time around. Yeah. I thought about this movie a lot after I watched it, like, existentially. Like, it caused me to stop and have to rethink my life and be like, what is my purpose in life? What am I doing? Like, I like, I asked those questions, and then the next day I completely forgot about yeah. it. And we, like opened it up to talk to you today i saw it like a week ago and i was like i have not thought about this movie since the day after i watched it and it does not resonate with me as much as it did a week ago that I, i was willing to give it a really high score a week ago that i would not be willing to give it now yeah and i was telling her i watched it on christmas and then i decided to watch it again for a refresher and nothing changed like my mind did not change at all and I've seen all the different opinions people have on it and I've kind of just stuck with I didn't like it that much like there were some good witty parts and I like the music parts I love the music parts and I love the different comical things they do I love the art and the way they use different forms of music throughout the whole thing I think it's really cool it's just not what I wanted and I don't really want to see it again I thought this movie was beautiful oh yeah my favorite scene is the one where he's jumping off the conveyor belt and into the before land or whatever and it does the, like, abstract, like, black thing, black and white, like, Yeah, line. I made a note about that, yeah. I love that. I love the animation of that. I love all of the colors of the soul world. My favorite scene in the whole movie is the one where 22 is in Joe's body and finds her spark and, like, realizes... I don't know what pronouns to use with 22. They use both. That's the thing. So, they. Okay. I'll just try and say because 22. Because they actually used... Yeah, they actually used both. I thought about it, and the the soul people, all the Jerry's would say she, but Joe and other people said he. That's strange. It's just because, I mean, 22 is a soul and not a body, so souls don't have genders. That's way deeper than I wanted to go in this episode. 
Yeah, we're gonna just stick to the lighthearted stuff here. I do not want to think about the philosophy of gender right now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the scene where 22 realizes that they want to keep living and is just watching the leaves fall and the people talking and earth and like all of those things. I thought that was a really beautiful, powerful scene. No, I 100% do. It just, it's going to sound weird. I didn't really get that scene. And I think I was just waiting for something else. Like, you're just sitting there and he's watching all these things happening and it's like, okay, and? And suddenly he's like, oh, I don't want to go back to, yeah. I don't know. Here's... I wrote this out. I don't know if in the movie they... did In the movie, did they say what her spark no. was? Okay, then I can continue. Okay, so they talked about... I'm just going to start at the beginning. So basically, Joe Gardner wants to be a famous jazz musician. He gets the gig of his lifetime, and then he dies. And in a panic, he jumps out of the conveyor belt to go to the land beyond. It ends up in the before land i forgot what it was called and he ends up being a mentor for the soul 22 and he's helping 22 complete their earth pass and the in this space this is where they get the personalities they discover what they like what they don't like all these different things but 22 has had thousands of mentors and none of them can find her spark to help her get her finish her earth pass and go back to earth so eventually Joe wants to go back to Earth, and then Joe and 22 accidentally go back to Earth, where Joe's in a cat and 22's in Joe's body. And the whole time, 22 doesn't want to go to Earth because she's like, Earth is gross, bodies are weird, like, this is awful. Anyway, they're on Earth. It's, uh, basically, they go on an adventure, things go wrong. They end up back in the soul world, and they discover that 22 has the Earth Pass. And then Joe, like, panics and is like, oh, 22 freaks out because she doesn't know what her purpose is. Because this whole time, everyone thought the last piece, your spark, was your purpose. Yeah, that's where I got lost. And so, like, yeah, this is where I'm getting at. So Joe, the whole time, thought his spark was playing piano, and so he thought his purpose was to play piano. And so 22, from what I understand, 22's spark was life itself. See, and I think that's dumb. (laughs) But the thing is, the spark is not your purpose in life. It's the thing that makes you want to keep living. The spark is what inspires you to keep living. So life itself? I didn't write the movie. I'm just trying to interpret it. No, I'm ready to fight. (laughs) Like... No, I I don't know. Their whole trying to define, like, sparks and purposes and what's your purpose in life, I don't think they did a good job of doing it. I really don't. Why I thought it was very confusing. I think adults don't like this movie because it doesn't really track that well. I think adults do like this movie because they're really just paying attention to, like, the 
outer circle of everything or like they connect somehow emotionally to it which is how most movies I watch are like I really like a lot of things that I probably shouldn't like because they're actually not very good and I think kids wouldn't like it because it doesn't make any sense like if you're watching this as a kid you're going what is happening yeah, that's one of the things I wrote, that there's no way that this movie no, is for kids. absolutely not. Like, when we talked about our Klaus episode, you were like, this movie's not for kids. But, like, I think we both agreed that kids would at least enjoy the movie, yes. even if they don't get it. But there's no way that a they child would, like, would enjoy this movie. like, the little blue people, the little blue babies. I love them. I think they're great. <laughs> like, these are the moments when I'm like, I wish I was around a child so I could, like, sit with the child and watch this movie and see how they actually react because I can't speak for a kid. It's been right. a while. I feel like I just think like a five-year-old, so. Yeah, I had a hard time following this movie and I'm 21. So I can't even imagine a five-year-old trying to understand what this movie yeah. is. And it's just very deep. And Pixar, for the most part, is pretty good at giving a deep message and a childhood yes. plot. Like My Toy Story gosh. movies. They hit Fantastic. hard. And that's a movie that a child can follow and be like, oh, that's a fun plot. Toys come to life. While an adult is Toy stopping. Toy Story 3 just really does it. It really just... Toy Story 4 Gosh. is the same. Ah. <sighs> I And like... So like, even... the Toy... Toy Story is the epitome of good balance between childhood and adult yeah. aims. I... I... Genuinely, this was not I just made this connection. I really feel like this was just another kind of take on Coco, just in a different cultural light. Just slap some jazz on it, and there you go. I watched um, the Super Carlin Brothers yesterday, came out with a video called like, How to Soul Connect to the Pixar Theory. And, like, ten minutes of that video are him explaining how Coco and Soul are the same thing. And so they don't, they don't like, discredit each other in the Pixar theory. Just Coco is specific to Mexican culture, while Soul is for everyone else. So, there's that. Yeah, Soul didn't make me cry. Coco definitely made me cry in front of all my friends. So... Yeah, I didn't cry in this movie. I didn't even laugh out loud that many times. Or, it no, was... I didn't... I didn't laugh out loud like a at all. A handful of times, because I I laugh out loud a lot at a lot of things that probably aren't that funny too. I just some of the witty things like oh, crushing your soul is for Earth or whatever. Like I thought that was hilarious. There were moments when I was watching it where in my head I was like oh that was funny, but I didn't like laugh right, out loud. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the things. The questions that Joe is dealing with in this movie are very real and very alarming. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable... He's asking very uncomfortable questions that are unanswerable. Like, what is our purpose in life? Like, what's the meaning of life? Like, all of these things are largely unanswerable. But I wish Pixar had given us an answer. At least his answer. You know? Like, you can't just give a broad whatever like that would have been worse if they had just done a broad oh well your purpose in life is to no like everyone is different i don't 
I wish they had done for that. everyone? Like, from a Christian context. Well, from a Christian context, like, our purpose in life is to glorify God and to right. tell the world about Jesus. Very general sense. So I wish they had given us a, like, oh, your purpose in life is to inspire others or to bring good into the world. Like, that's yeah. the purpose of living. Like, not your specific, why are you on this earth? But, like, what is the right. point of being alive? And they didn't answer that. They were just like, you inspired us. Have fun. And then they give us Joe walking out of his door as if that's supposed to mean something to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think the big elephant in the room is, like, this movie did get us to think a lot. It did get us to the point of being able to talk about deeper things. It just didn't track. It was kind of entertaining. And it's also hard to be able to rate this movie because you're right, we haven't had new content in so long. And that's another point is like, New movies haven't come out in forever. Would I have liked this more if it had come out in a theater where 12 other movies were playing at the same time? Okay, we talked about that. Jade and I just saw Wonder Woman together, Mm -hmm. too. And we talked about that before we saw it. Because the critic score is not great for it. It's, like, pretty average. And so we were like, is Wonder Woman really a bad movie or just have critics not critiqued a movie in nine months because we liked it a lot (laughs) i thought it was an average movie that i enjoyed watching yes yeah yeah. so like i feel like the critic score for wonder woman are valid like it has tons of plot holes and it makes perfect sense that they scored what they scored it yeah but i after i watched this movie soul i like thought i was like what makes a movie a good movie right Because, like, if we're talking, like, overall enjoyment, it wasn't that high for this movie. (laughs) While it was really high for Wonder Woman, but this movie also caused me to think a lot about life and the things around me. And so this movie caused me to see the world differently. So if you're, like, looking at that, that would make it a good movie, right? You could argue the same for all you old folks out there. (laughs) You could argue the same for the movie Castaway, with Tom Hanks and a volleyball with a handprint on it. Wilson. Yeah, I've seen the memes. You know. (laughs) You could argue the same thing for that movie. 90% of that movie is him losing his mind and trying to survive on an island by himself. But you really start to think about psychology and what would you and what would you do in his position and how would you survive that and if you were to go back into the real world how would you do this and if you were his girlfriend or his wife would you have moved on because you would have thought he was dead and how would you enter back into society you think about all those questions I did not like that movie like it was boring but his performance was really good. And I think it was done well, and it took years and years to film. That, I just, this movie reminded me of Gone with the Wind. <laughs> when Gone the, with the Wind is so long. And it's honestly not that great of yeah. a plot. But the 
Scarlett's character in that movie and everything that she goes through and the way that the movie ends where you're like, wait a minute, did she even learn anything? Like, did she ever actually love that guy or has she just always been doing this for herself and she's gotten to a point where she's just deceived herself into thinking that she's been a better person, but she's really just the same person she was at the movie, yeah. just older? Like, those questions, like, stick with you and they, like, make it a good movie. Like, I feel like the fact that Gone with the Wind has stood the test of time shows, like, that it's a good movie, even if the movie itself is not that enjoyable. Yeah. If that makes sense. I guess. So that's kind of how I feel about Soul, but, like, on a lesser scale. Yeah, we are not saying Soul is the new Gone with the Wind. Do not quote that. (laughs) 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 Ah. No one could ever have a better closing line. I'm sorry. It's impossible. <laughs> this is definitely not a movie that I'm going to rewatch. I regret doing it. Like, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland, up here. Rom-coms, up here. And my level of rewatching. Mm-hmm. This, once is enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe in another, like, eight to ten years, I'll be like, oh, remember this movie? Yeah, you want to hear our podcast episode on it? Never mind. Right. I was going to say that I like the fact that Joe was the one to get 22 to find her spark. Because 22 spark was so mundane and so ordinary. And it took an ordinary guy for her to figure that yeah, out. not all these world leaders and stuff. And this is like... Like... You don't have to be the president of the United States to inspire people. You could be a deadbeat jazz player, which is like the, all of the things were there for them to make a movie about how you can inspire people and you can change the world right where you're at, even if you're just a middle school band director. And they didn't do it. And it makes me so angry because it was all there. It was like they were halfway there, and then they changed directions at the last second and thought this will be a better movie. I've got some middle school band director friends, and some of them really liked the movie and thought the recognition was really good. Others hated it. And I... I don't know. It's hard to pick a side on that. I honestly didn't think they did music justice. I don't think that was the point they were trying to make I wish they had I really wanted it to be a music related movie from the trailers it was gonna be more music centric than it was yeah and that was really disappointing that's why I hate trailers I I don't like watching them I never do like she'll always send me Star Wars and Marvel trailers, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch that, because I... The Star Wars and Marvel trailers fuel my soul. (laughs) I I just want to see it right then, because they always spoil the best parts in the trailer, and they still did. I feel like the Star Wars and the Marvel trailers specifically are really good at not doing that. Well, I really like the funny parts. (laughs) Yeah, some of them do that. I can see that. The, like, Avengers Endgame trailer was literally just from the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. I wouldn't know. I stopped watching them after so many times. Like, there's so many movies, and you start to see a pattern, and you're like, oh, I don't want to watch the trailer. 
Yeah, I don't typically think very critically when I watch trailers. Yeah. So, like, watching a Star Wars and a Marvel trailer, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's where that thing is. Like, I'm going to figure out the plot of this movie from watching it. I, like, use it to fuel my hype. Right. And then to be like, oh, that Easter egg is there. What if it goes to this? Because, like, Star Wars Marvel movies especially, like, they're being very, very intentional not to spoil the movie because it's such a big movie. So those are fine. I can see and like, Pixar trailers or even just, like, regular movie trailers, they do tend to spoil the funny parts and they do tend to show you this, like, oh, no, this twist is coming. And you could probably figure it out from watching it. Yeah, I think that's why me and my mom were so excited to watch it. And even my mom finished it and goes well and I'm like oh I didn't like that movie and she goes thank god because I didn't either (laughs) she didn't want (laughs) to break my heart so sweet but like ah I also thought and this wasn't um very like they didn't center around this idea but I thought they could have gone deeper with it how toxic Joe's self-absorption was like, the fact that he never asked the barber what he did and just assumed, yeah. like, oh, you just wanted to be a barber your whole life because that that was your spark. That was what you were born to do. Like, he was so self-absorbed from the beginning. Yeah, I feel like this movie really muffled the character development. Yeah. They were going for the big question... And ended up sacrificing Joe's character development. Because that moment was used for Joe to understand that people's sparks aren't their purpose. Right. Which is already a weird muffled concept as it was. When instead we could have used it to have Joe like soften as a person. And like realize that what he like being absorbed with himself isn't helping anyone and that's not the purpose of life or that's not yeah i mean he could have used that opportunity i wish they had done a scene with paul like i wish they had done a scene with the guy voiced by leslie odom jr love him yay i don't remember that character from the barber shop he was like Oh, well, you just think you're all that, don't you? And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that character. I wish they had done more with him instead of making him, like, the bully and then the comedic relief when Terry accidentally traps him. Like, I wish they had done a little character development, even for 22, and just been like... Because you know they're talking because Terry's, like, hiding around a corner... But you can't hear what they're saying. And then 22 says, oh, bye, Paul. And I just wanted that moment of like, oh, realizing maybe he's not a bully. Maybe his life's really hard. And maybe that's why he's doing what he's doing. There was like there were so many moments and none of them were satisfying. Yeah, they like opened a lot of bags and were like, we're putting all of our cards on the table, and then we're not going to do anything with them. Yeah. It was... And even the Connie scene in the stairwell, like, I I liked that she had her own self-discovery there, but it was really annoying to me that Joe was just waving her off, like, oh, she does this every week. Like, leave her alone. And 22's like, 
no, I want to hear what she has to say. And Joe didn't bat an eye. He did not care. The Connie character really just worked me up when I was writing about this. Because I'm just imagining like a kid who only lives to play music. Like, we don't know anything about Connie, <laughs> except that she plays the trombone and she loves it. And hates everything but else. But it's just like, right. And it's like, what if Connie comes from a really, really bad home life? And like... And that's the own... reason that it's her escape. Right. That's the reason it's her escape. And I'm like, the fact that Connie goes to Joe's apartment for one-on-one private lessons just shows how much influence he has on Connie's life. And we end the movie with him wondering whether or not he's going to do band full time. It's like, what's going to happen to this girl? Like at the end of the movie, when 22 goes down to earth and then Joe is just back on the conveyor belt before they say he can go back to his life. I like was so concerned for Connie. Yeah. Like I could care less about Joe, but I was like, if Joe doesn't come back to life, what's going to happen to Connie? It would destroy her. I was like, this girl loves to play the trombone, and she has this deep personal relationship with Joe, where they're, like, learning to play this instrument together, and that, like, she is going to, like, look to him, and she's going to learn things from him about life that are going to affect the way that she thinks about things for the rest of all time. Yeah. And he's just going to die like that? Yeah, it's like... Oh, it makes me so mad just thinking, like, he sacrificed his life for 22, but he wasn't willing to do the same for Connie. Yeah. I have a lot of mixed feelings about my high school band director. I think (laughs) there were some things that I think he did very badly, but there are also some things that he taught me that have shaped the way that I think about the world in a lot more of a positive light, and that he had a tremendous influence on my life and that like, I think the way that I am and I view the world the way that I am because of a lot of the things that he taught me. And it's like, I may not remember where the fit my fingers go on my oboe, but I do remember that all people are intelligent. So you just have to teach them how to be smart. Anyone's capable of doing anything. If you put your mind to it, like everyone has the ability to be great. Those are the things that he taught me that have like shaped the way that I view the world. And it's like, those things are important. Yeah, I can't... (laughs) And I wouldn't be the person I am without learning those things. And no matter how I feel about the fact that playoff class-offs made me cry, like, once every two weeks, like, I still learned those things, and I still view people that way long after band ended. Yeah, I think with being in band for four years like in the color guard and then taking music theory my senior year i learned more from that man than my seven years doing choir and that's not to say they were bad teachers they were good teachers they were good people but i didn't get that life experience So this is to all you people, all you teachers out there, watch what you say because it does make a difference. And watch what you don't say because that makes even more of a difference. Yeah, you don't realize how much influence you have until it's too late or until you're out of the situation. That's what I learned being an RA for two years. It's just like, I'm here 
and I have no personal relationship with anyone who lives on my floor, but they notice the good and the bad things that they know. Like, they notice the way that I act around other people, and they also notice when you don't do Mm -hmm. things. If I'm not disciplining people, then they're going to try and get away with the rules. But, like, if I am disciplining people, they are going to notice that. If I'm being nice to people, they're going to notice that. Especially, like, when you're in a position of leadership, people pay attention to you, whether or not you think they do or not. And so I was like, teachers have way more influence than they think. Because I, like, think about the church and how, like, kids go to youth group, like, once or twice a week, but they spend eight hours a day at school and so it's like they're learning more from their teachers than they are from their youth leaders and so it's like the way the teachers act around the kids are going to change how the kids view the world yeah i mean and for all you listeners out there just i don't even have to go very far into a description and you would automatically be able to tell me your favorite teacher the one that inspired you the most you would automatically be able to tell me that it might take you a little more thinking to tell me which one didn't inspire you and which one you thought had a terrible influence (laughs) on you who knows but they do make a difference and i think this should have been especially during this time this movie should have been a love letter to teachers and it wasn't it was the opposite I don't think the movie had to be a love letter to teachers. They set it up to be a love letter to teachers, and they didn't fulfill that. But it could have just been a story about how you have more influence than you think you do. That you can inspire people right where you are. That your influence reaches all people, good or bad. And so we could see a transition of the way that Joe's self-absorption affected the world around him. To his bad relationship with his mom. To his bad relationship with his barber. To the fact that he's not, like, successful like he wants him to. To this transition to where he becomes a better person. And he, like, becomes more aware of the people around him. That he has a better relationship with his mom, with his barber, with the students that he teaches. Even just a little... A little peek of that. Not an epilogue, because we're not here for that, folks. But, (laughs) you know, one of those... Because he had all those flashback scenes thinking about his life before he went to go back to save 22. If we had had a little montage instead at the end of how he treated his life after, I think that would have really tied this movie together. It would have changed our scores. It would have changed how we thought about it. This movie should have been a movie about Joe not a movie about your soul. Yeah, I didn't like the title either. It really led me to believe it would be about soul music. But it's just like, they tried to go big when they could have talked about the same deep questions in a more internal. Yeah. The movie, like, there was no... Joe was the main character of the movie, but the main character was really the souls as a collective. Mm. And I feel like it really hurt there. Yeah, Because then, like, Joe... And 22. Like, 22 had the most character development. But, like, Joe had almost none, and we were led to believe that he was the main character. Right. And 22 doesn't show up until, like, 30 minutes in. I mean... Yeah. So, do you have any final thoughts? Nothing 
too inspirational or relevant. Oh, I guess I should describe my outfit for the day. I have a hammer. Um, <laughs> she literally just held up a hammer. Yeah, I don't. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, pizza hat, because they talked about pizza, and Carrie made me a pizza hat, so I wear the pizza hat. Blue and black, because Joe's soul is black, unfortunately. He has no feelings for anyone but himself. Um, <laughs> that's just how I that was feel cold. about life. Am I wrong? <laughs> Blue, because of all the soul people, it's like exactly this color and this jacket's very nice to wear. And then a little treble clef, the swirly thing they use for music sometimes, because... If someone could make me a t-shirt with that on it, that would be stellar. (laughs) Oh my Uh, gosh. Yeah, I'm a musician. (laughs) I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Per usual. (laughs) That says Harvard on it. Because we're smart boys. Don't get me started on Harvard. So what do you think the Rotten Tomato... Critic and then audience score mm. are. 72 critic, uh, 86 audience. Okay, I was going to say 80 critic and like 66 audience. Really? Wow. Oh, geez. The critic score is a 96 and the audience score is an 89. Uh, how? Show me the evidence. I need proof. Not that evidence. I don't care for that. Just hold my phone up to the screen. Um, I feel like almost everyone I've talked to about this movie has not liked it. Like, an overwhelmingly so. Like. I've really gotten mixed. I've really gotten half and half, honestly. That's why I was like, oh, it's probably going to be like a 90. <laughs> That's what I feel like I've gotten people who really, really liked it or people who really, really hated it. So I was expecting the score to be like a 60. Mm. But it's not. Well, and it kind of hurts my brain a little. <laughs> I don't understand the critic score. Honestly, I'm going to do research on how critics score things because. Yeah, like based off of what? We had this conversation right after we watched Wonder Woman. Like, what? criteria I, are they using because like i expected it to be high that's so why i gave it an 80 what did you give yeah, it 72 right like i was expecting it to be high i just wasn't expecting it to be that high no like if we were just talking music and art i'd be like dog yeah like that saxophone that was hot like <laughs> That are pretty good. The other things, not as much. I just... The plot of this movie was a mess. It was a mess! The only thing I can remember, like, the only image I have in this movie is real earth, soul world. Like, it jumped from earth to the soul world to the earth to the soul world, back to earth. And, like, that doesn't leave a very good picture in my mind if that makes sense like it was jumping back and forth instead of just sticking in one place and that the setting was all over the place 
where I was like, either commit to being in the soul world or even commit to being in real earth. And it couldn't do that. And I just like, I don't like that. Yeah, it was Freaky Friday, but without the wonderful Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis, unfortunately. Yeah, and the part where Joe ended up in the cat and 22 ended up in the body, like, I was going to say there's no point, but I guess it was there for 22 to discover that she likes Earth. I mean, you could have discovered that in the cat, too. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just a plot device, like... Right, it just... It feels stale. Yeah, the whole thing. Like, the po- fact that I can point at and go, the only reason that exists is so that 22 discovers that she likes Earth is not great. Yeah, you could have told me that as soon as we found out Joe woke up in the cat's body, you could have been like, oh, yeah, 22 is going to figure out they like living. Great. Right. Joe's going to get exactly what he wants. I could have told you that. This just movie... Causes me to rethink my life, but it doesn't leave me with fond feelings about the movie itself. Right. You're not going to catch me talking about Soul on a regular basis. I mean, I don't talk about Pixar on a regular basis anyway, but, like, I think about Toy Story and, like, Inside Out and Onward a lot more than I think about this movie. Oh my gosh, Onward. The movie that was supposed to come out and then did in quarantine. I loved Onward. That movie's great. I sobbed. <laughs> no, I thought it was fantastic, too. That's not what I meant. I just mean, like, it was supposed to come out in theaters. It did. I did. It did? It, like, came out in theaters, and then, like, a week later, the world shut down. From what oh, I Oh, I thought it was too late. No, it came to Disney Plus early. Earlier than they had intended. <sighs> because people, like, stopped going to theaters. So a lot of people's last movie that they saw was Onward. Yeah. I it wasn't mine. Was, the last mine was Frozen 2. Mine was Little Women. And if that's the last movie I ever see in theaters, I won't be mad about it. I mean, we, went, we saw Wonder Woman at the drive-in, but it's not it's the same. It's not the same. Drive-in has its own category because it's special. Yeah. We weren't about to go to the actual movie theater and catch the Rona. No, but staying in our car is very nice. And have to wear a mask the whole time. Yeah, I'm not down for that. No thanks. Okay, Jade. Are you ready? I'm so stressed out about what you're about to ask me. What is your personal score of this movie? No. Um, like, I'm trying not to be nice. Because I know I'm going to be nice, and I... Like, it wasn't terrible. It made me think there were parts I didn't hate. I'm just going to go with six. I just... That's the nice thing, but it also wasn't that bad. I gave it a 6.7. What? I Okay, when I first watched it, I we're gave it an going, 8. We're going decimal points here. We can have 6.5s and, like, halves on lots of things. Well, yeah. I don't know. I just opened, opened my computer day, ready to talk about Soul, and my brain was, like, 67. So that's what I did. 67. I give it a 67 6.7. out of 10. The good news is this is not the worst movie we've reviewed. What's the worst? The first Harry Potter movie. Oh, that's sad. You guys it has will a six catch point... up later. Don't worry about it. 
one day in like 10 years when we find a finish Harry Potter. Look, book four is just big. You just gotta start it. No, I don't want to. Sucks you in with a not Dursley scene, and then we go straight to Quidditch. <laughs> Those are your two favorite things, the not Dursley's in Quidditch. <laughs> I need that on a t-shirt. My two favorite things, the not Dursley's in Quidditch. And also Oliver Wood and his beautiful face. It's just that on the front and then the back is just a full picture of <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they know too soon about my obsession. <laughs> so if you're just listening, we've done... Six Harry Potter episodes. Yeah. We just We're on book four. Put them out yet. We're trying to put them all out at the same time. Well, you know what I mean. In a row. It's fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Consecutively. Yeah, so this gives it a score of 6.35. I don't like that. Which is weak compared to the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Yeah, it honestly is. Like, neither of us liked it. I feel like if we had been on opposite, like, opposing sides, it would have made it better. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I would have given it the same score Christmas Day. I would have given it a much higher score. I would have, it probably would have been worse, honestly, but since I, like, since thinking about it, I'm like, okay, all right. I was leaning more towards five. Yeah, my score was high. It was an eight, and then it dropped just because I've thought more about it. A lot of things do not. Like, I watch them, and I'm like, oh, that was great. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm also, like, a long processor. It takes me a while to fully. So my score now is probably more accurate about my feelings than it was right after I watched it. Because I had more time to stew on it. Yeah, I feel like if I came up to someone who was like, oh, I loved Soul... And they were to tell me all the reasons they liked it. I wouldn't fight them. I would just be like in my head going, yeah, but also this. Like you can have an emotional connection to it and that's fine. I think that's really great. Um, I didn't. And so instead of talking about an emotional connection, we just talked about all the things that were wrong with it. Yeah, I admire Pixar for trying this movie. Yeah. It and for doing like it's very different from all the other movies and it like talks about things that the other movies don't and it just reaches to new levels. It's a very Pixar thing to do to be experimental like that. Usually it's with animation that they're experimental, but this time they were experimental with themes in the story. And so like I admire them for that. I just don't think it resonated with me personally. But I like what they were trying to do. Yeah, it was a valiant effort. It just fell through in our opinions. Right, and I don't have a negative opinion of Pixar now. No. I think they're great. Toy Story will always hold up. (laughs) True. Forever. Inside Out always slaps. I have a love-hate relationship with that movie. But we can talk about that another day. (laughs) Yikes. But Good Dinosaur, Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. Yes. Dude, when I brought Monsters, Inc. onto the band bus, everyone was like, yeah, that's the movie we're watching. And I went, you mean we're not going to watch Mean Girls on a bus full of girls? 
It's also we've watched The Notebook like 12 times in a row at this point. <laughs> yeah, so you're welcome for me bringing Monsters, Inc. Band bus is wild. We're all just singing the different songs Mike Wazowski sings. It's fine. His little show. It's so good. Put that thing yes. where it came from. We're so help me. <laughs> so this was our episode on soul. Yeah, put that thing back where it came from. Or so help me. I was gonna say something a lot more positive than that. I don't mean it. I just thought it was a fun callback to thirty seconds ago. It was. I laughed. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. I was gonna say that. Watch Soul if you want to rethink your life purpose. If you don't want to do that, maybe don't That's watch it. That's true. If you if you want to hear, like, crappy but also good music, this is the show for you. <laughs> if you want to watch a movie that's kind of about middle school band. Or if you just want something fun to put on in the background. If you want to listen to Tina Fey be sassy, this is the movie for you. My gosh. <laughs> I genuinely just thought it was, like, a teenage boy. Wasn't good. It was, like, halfway through the movie when I, like, looked it up. And someone was like, why does she sound like a middle-aged woman? Or they, like, talked about it in the movie. Joe was like, why do you sound like a middle-aged woman? And I was like, this definitely sounds like a 16-year-old girl Yeah, like, it was just And then they were like, oh, it's Tina Fey. And I was like, oh. Yeah. This is odd. (laughs) A lot of emotions in my head yeah, right now. Like, there was just too much happening. <laughs> so, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Curly Critics Pod. Email us Curly Critics Pod at Gmail. YouTube. Check us out. Yeah, and YouTube. We'll be on YouTube. The, our audio will be on YouTube. <laughs> Catch us next as we review our Christmas presents to each other. Yeah. Title Jade's book that I gave her is so long long. that I abbreviated it in the spreadsheet and it's still like 12 letters long. It's called My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry as I'm like reading it. It's at my eye level and it's so like that's a lot. I just call it the grandma book. (laughs) Yeah, Jade gave me Austin Land. Yeah, so, I gave you the read those two books. thing to do, title-wise, and less pages. We gave each other a theme, and I went really hard with it. She just thought it would be a fun book. Yeah. As she wants to stroke my Jane Austen obsession. I came up with the theme, thank you very much. I can do what I want. I really wanted to get you the book Anxious People, by the same author Ooh. it's about it's a book about people who get like it's a newer book that's why i didn't get it you because it wasn't a half price books mm. but it's a book about people who like end up being in a hostage situation and it's like a comedy book where the people are like so anxious about it that they like annoy the hostage into letting them go i'm glad you got me the book it i don't <laughs> that was probably not a very good that, description that just sounds so trippy like don't be playing mind games with me. I play enough with myself. I don't... They annoy the kidnapper. Yeah, like, cool. But I still haven't read that one. Maybe one day. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.